Hello and welcome to Groove Therapy, a podcast that explores the effects of live music on our brains, bodies, and our lives and provides a space for you, our listener, to learn about how you can bring the magic of live music into your everyday life. My name is Dr. Leah Taylor and I am joined here by my fabulous co-host Tara Lee Weathers. Hey everyone. Yay! And we are back with you this week for another episode. And this week we have a very exciting guest. Tara Lee, would you like to tell everybody about our guest? Yes. So our guest this week is the always magical Matt Butler, and he is the conductor of Everyone Orchestra. And if you don't know about Everyone Orchestra, it's a blissful, masterfully conducted, fully spontaneous explosion of live music created by a rotating cast of world-renowned musicians led by the one and only Matt Butler. Each show is 100% unique as a carefully curated lineup of performers from bands like The Grateful Dead, Fish, The Meters, King Crimson, Ween, Widespread Panic, and more. And it's guided through mostly up-tempo, danceable grooves under the creative leadership of Matt's cues and improvised whiteboard directives. So it's just like the coolest thing. Everyone is part of the orchestra, whether you are in the audience or you're actually a musician there or you are the lighting designer or the sound person, he involves everyone. And this year is actually his 20-year anniversary of starting. He started on New Year's Eve. And so he'll talk all about that and share even more with you. And so, yeah, he's amazing. And he also has something else that he does, which he calls his day job, which like, how cool. That's like the coolest day job ever. And so, Leah, you want to tell us about that? Yeah. So Matt Butler's day job is with a nonprofit called IGE, which is Music and Art Immersions. And they do different um, music and art immersions around the world. And they've been to places like Barcelona and Lisbon and Venice and just like all of these amazing places. They were supposed to be in Prague this year. And it's really about, and Matt will tell you all about it, but it's about bringing music and art and culture in a, a really intimate group. And I can only imagine that it's such an amazing experience. I haven't been on one myself, but I know that I will in the near future. So that's what else Matt is all about. So his work is really about the things that are so important in life, which is music and connection and really being fully present in the moment for the experience that is being created. And also, you know, learning about culture. And it was such a pleasure to get to talk to him for this episode. Every time that I've seen the Everyone Orchestra, I always walk away with like just the most amazing feeling goosebumps everywhere and just feeling like I just experienced the most amazing experience ever. So I feel like this podcast episode was kind of like that too. It was like a little EO kind of mini experience and a podcast. So I'm really looking forward to you guys listening to what Matt has to say and how he's really being creative during these times um, where, you know, our connection was kind of taken away from us and we have to figure out how to do it in different ways. Yeah. So if you've lost hope, listen to this episode and your hope will be back. Yeah, absolutely. So anything else you feel is important, Tara Lee, or should we get right to the interview? Well, one thing is that if you want to subscribe to this podcast, you can do it anywhere where you digest your podcast and share it with everyone you know and leave us a review. And um, also our Facebook group is the Groove Therapy Podcast Community, and we would love to connect with you on there. And also follow us on Instagram at Groove Therapy Podcast. Yeah, awesome. And we are a part of the Osiris Podcast Network, and you can find out more about Osiris Podcast at osirispod.com. They have a lot of amazing podcasts I know you guys are all going to love too, so definitely check those out as well. Yep. We'll be right back with Matt. And we're back and we've got Matt Butler with us and his adorable dog, which no one can see out there because this is a podcast. But Matt, what's up? You know, just hanging out in my basement with my beloved Lufa. 
making music and uh, just trying to get by in this crazy time. That's the short answer. <laughs> but I'm glad to be here. I'm glad to be here. It's really nice. I feel like uh, connection is so important and we have to work in such different ways to continue it, you know, so I appreciate you guys reaching out and uh, asking me to be a part of this. I mean, any opportunity to connect with you is like the best one ever. So I'm grateful that we have this platform and this way to be able to like share you with the world. Awesome. That's awesome. Thanks. Yeah. Thank you so much for being here. And, you know, what you just said really kind of brings up what I'd love to talk to you about, which is like so much of your work is about connection and about yeah. connecting people. And you've really had to get creative during this time and you've been doing some really creative things. So I'd love to hear your process around that or anything you'd like to share about that. Um, Sure. It's so interesting because this very conversation that we're having right now, uh, when we actually scheduled it for mid-October, right? I think, or like the end of October, whatever. We And then we had to uh -huh. change it because of a conflict or something. And um, it's such a different conversation now than it was two weeks ago. Like the time uh, is so full and ever-changing in this, you know, reality of COVID. You know, before, like basically in the, in the last three weeks, I've done three everyone orchestra shows playing with musicians in one form or another with really no audience. Like, you know, the largest audience was like 15 people in a room, large theater. And, you know, but back before that, none of that was even going to happen. It was just like this things just scheduled and things just appeared and happened, you know? And now it seems like probably not going to happen for a while because COVID's going wild again. So, but the, the silver lining in being forced to work on connection and not see people physically for me has been to approach the whole purpose and concept of everyone orchestra in a different way. Um, but still keeping like the most important pieces of collaborating with really great artists that I'm interested in collaborating with in creating some sense of spontaneity for everybody, whether you know, it's all different. It can't be the same as it was, but there's different ways we can kind of like facilitate spontaneity in everyone's performance and capturing that on video and then kind of combining it all together, you know. So keeping some of the, the really important pieces of what what drives everyone orchestra in the pre-COVID world still alive, even though we can't be together, you know. But just having played live, <laughs> you know, these three shows, uh, it's like nothing's ever going to replace that, no matter what, you know. And you know, just seeing a band play together and have that streamed is differently. It's different than seeing like the the small, tiny video kind of collaborative recording projects. But um, can you speak a little bit to those differences? Well, I think I'm, I'm going to back up to my to the process of the the virtual everyone orchestra because like that that's been the sort of the silver lining of just approaching EO virtually. It's it's really been a great creative process for me in that it's uh I feel like certain aspects of EO are really coming forward the compositional aspects. You know, on stage, I mean, I'll throw out a key and just start a freeform jam or I'll ask somebody to start a song and we kind of use that to jump off of. And a lot of times if somebody starts a jam, it's a little bit more complex and has more of a chordal structure kind of a, you know, has this kind of thing going on. And so in building my virtual everyone orchestras when I'm working with a lineup, we're doing like a series of four songs. And one of the songs is basically what I call jammer size. And basically, I named one of them called Jammer Size, but they're all, but they're Funkin' A, and it's basically, it's getting everybody present. It's getting everybody just kind of working out the kinks, just seeing, this is what we're doing, you know, I'm dancing in my basement, you know, getting everybody to play along with this jam and calling solos and, and, uh, learning how to make music virtually. And, and, uh, and then the other songs are like, usually they come together in different ways, but asking somebody to start a song and then I edit like a song format from this riff that they give me. All of a sudden, we have this whole template of creating music that's really exciting. And people arrive at everyone orchestra in a really open way with their creativity, with their, I don't know, they're just everyone. It, part of the intent and what's kind of grown over the years of people doing this is that they're arriving on stage with this kind of openness of co-creation and, and interest in 
the excitement of that, of what that is. And I have a real tangible idea, you know, so to like write music with, you know, create music with these people that are arriving as, as they would to an Everworld Orchestra stage and then composing music with them essentially in this kind of other way has been really cool. So I'd get, get a, a song seed is what we call it, you know, from Al Schneer saying he gives me a riff and me and my production partner, Todd Kushner will like edit it out to be a song length and kind of create, you know, make some artistic decisions that I might make live when I'm conducting. And then I'll videotape myself conducting to it. And then I'll send that to, and maybe I'll play drums to it, depending on what my lineup is. Uh, and then I'll send that to one player, then uh, get that player's performance and send it to another player and then get that and build it. So so the players are playing on top of each other's performances, you know, as much as possible. It's not always possible. And the very first one we did it, we just did bass and drums and sent it to everybody and had this 13-minute song when everybody's performance came back. But nobody had heard what the other purple people had done except for the, the the vocal thing you know and it worked out amazingly well it was like it was that for like democracy comes alive or something like that because it feel was like I saw for that. quarantine comes alive okay i thought yeah. it was a comes alive that was amazing i it was, was so impressed how well that came together and so so good but but imagine like nine and it, for, first of all it was like a regular size everyone orchestra lineup which is like a lot of musicians and that just means like the editing, the time and effort to do one song in this format. And then like if everybody's doing these, these performances without hearing the other people, there, there's a lot of like, just like, you know, things are just kind of mashing up. So, you know, Todd and I just, we, we kind of like, we balanced out all, all the performances based on the, the main principles that I use on stage, you know, it's like people say, so do you plan out an everyone orchestra show or do you plan? It's like, I absolutely don't plan it out, but I do have, I have some things that are, you know, I have, I have a, I have a cycle uh, in, a, in a sense, but I have like, and I have things that I focus on. Like I want to make sure each musician gets a chance to shine and do what they do best somehow within the context and also have them do a lot of other things. But don't forget, you know, if you have so-and-so that's a great violinist solo, make sure they get the raging solo that's spacious and just, they just get to like have their time, you know, and have everybody kind of have that feeling in the context of the overall show. I want the show to be dynamic. I don't want it to be all one volume. I want it to be kind of balanced in that sense. And I want the, the chords and the progressions to be varied, you know, and, and, and that's, and, and with, and then the last one is I want the audience to be able to get involved in, in, in the song creation. So they're really in on the, the trick of what this is. So taking that into the virtual sense a little bit, you know, and, and taking all those performances, it was magic, you know, and it was like, there was just something in the way it came together where, uh, you know, helps me process the sadness that we're all feeling, you know, it really was tangible in that, in that piece of music particularly, you know, but it, it was the whole, you know, it took me two months within, within quarantine to do something and that was it. And ever since then, we've done 12 more songs basically with three different lineups of musicians and have made some unbelievable music, you know, and I'm super proud of it. And I believe that a lot of it, like I'm, you know, it's made me want to create audio and video content to share. And Everyone Orchestra has just been a live thing. I've done one studio album in 20 years, right? You know, it's just that hasn't been more where we've been at, you know, and doing this is like, okay, I want to get all these songs on Spotify because I think it's a thing. It's got a great vibe, you know, and it's not just about being at the show. So that's been a silver lining. And, you know, sometimes I almost feel, well, I mean, you know, sometimes I joke with Todd that there's aspects to imagining the good old COVID days. I mean, only because like, I'm kind of comfortable in my little spot. Like if I don't have to go anywhere and when I was really confined here, you know, I think that I'm generally, I can keep my spirits up if I can connect with people and making music and was getting a lot of joy from that. And it just kind of felt safe. If I start to think about the rest of the world and be like, ah, oh my God, this is the worst, you know, but we joke about, the, oh, you know, someday it'll be like, you know, we'll be back to normal doing all of the things. We're like, oh yeah. Remember those good old COVID days, <laughs> you know, it's like, you know, um, but it's kind of nuts. So that's been my process. And, you know, like I said, like it all changed a couple of weeks ago when I did my first 
live show. And when I say live, just playing with other musicians. And uh, I wept many, many times uh, as those shows sound check and everything was just go, just like get overwhelmed with the power of physical connection and being able to have a conversation instantaneously in, our, in an organic way, you know, because cause the latency uh, is such a funny thing in all of our we're used to it now, right? It's like we're actually living in different moments. So we're kind of like going back and forth and it's such a strange thing. But I think it's actually changing the way our brain is a little bit. You know, I don't think it's necessarily for better or worse because I think human evolution, we're, we're just in integrating technology in different ways. But, you know, it's all new and happening fast. Yeah. Well, so one and thing that you said was about like you don't plan your shows at all. The musicians don't know what's happening. And so – you're really like drawing from the present moment and however you're feeling. So that first quarantine comes alive, everybody was feeling scared and isolated and like, am I going to ever be able to play music with people again? And that came out in the music. And then you said just now you had your first like couple of shows where you got to play with actual people in person and how like that was what was in the present moment. So that's why I think it is really amazing to put these songs out on Spotify because it's almost like little diaries of like how people were feeling at that time because you have so many people playing at one time. Yep. You've been documenting a lot on YouTube too. So well, you it, the all the content, you know, it's like all of a sudden I'm like, oh, I need to share this content. And the first place that we're doing that is YouTube basically. So I've been learning all of that technology to get it up there and get all the right labels and share it in the right format so people can have access to it because there's so much content. It's kind of nuts in the world right now in that regard. But um, but it's cool. Like It's exciting to me. I, I like going to people's YouTube channels now that have been like deep in creativity. There's some really cool stuff. You know, it's, it's, I, I do think that there's, there's a level of creativity that is kind of un, unprecedented in ways and mostly just unprecedented because everything is unprecedented right now. And, you know, we have so much technology to capture it. It's, and I think people are real raw. They're real, uh, you know, they're taking risks in their creativity in some ways when they need to. And, and just to kind of like, let's try it, you know, which is not necessarily, I don't know. It's, I think, I, I just think people have the openness for that in a lot of ways. Cause who knows? I mean, here you guys are doing a podcast, <laughs> right? It's cool. Mm-hmm. It's pushing you in new ways. So when you were able to come together with people in the moment live, I'm just curious, like, I mean, obviously, it sounds like it was a really emotional experience. And I'm sure there were a lot of emotions that came up. And as this is, you know, primarily a podcast that focuses on the live experience, like, any thoughts about, you know, what makes a live experience so special or any kind of different ways to look at the live experience and so much of your work has been about the live experience i would just imagine like going away from it and then coming back you might have some some new insights or something i'd love to hear your thoughts um i'm trying to decide which part of that question to answer they're incomparable like these coming together in person versus the the before coming together in person you know and i think that part of what my takeaway has been and, you know, I've been wearing a mask diligently and doing all the things to keep myself healthy and make the travel and the movement and the bringing people together, like, just conscious and in a healthy way. But there's so many variables. There's just a lot of variables out of our control. And throughout all of that, I've definitely, like, opened myself up to other variables. And I felt like, especially that even being in a mask, and being 15 feet away from the closest musician, as long as I can hear them, and as long as getting to that spot and everybody's comfortable and was able to get to that spot safely and leave that spot safely, it's totally worth it. And it's really important that we somehow create new ways to do this, whether it's with, you know, the musicians. But for everybody, really, I think about my kids, you know, and like they're, you know, like the schools are going to shut down again. It's like, Okay, so, but you know what? We have to fucking meet outside. I, I just don't think, like, as a, a human beings need it. It's like food and water. And without it, I think that we wilt and die. So there's going to have to be some, and I'm, I'm not saying, like, throw caution to the wind at all, 
But it's like, I am like, if I have to wear a hazmat suit to play music, I'm going to do it. You know, it's like, I'm going to do it still. And to be closer to, to musicians to do it because it's, it really is important. I feel like I keep on thinking about the, the future, having like all these tools in the virtual world that COVID has given us. They're necessary to survive in it. But I think after the fact, I think that it's another bag of tricks to keep things to connect and, and to um, maybe have a more global type of community, you know, people in touch and having relationships globally. Because I'm in touch with a lot of my people, friends from around the world in Europe and, and South America and stuff differently now than I was before. And it, we had all the access before, but we just didn't have the need, you know, and it's kind of cool that that's coming. That's part of it. But the biggest lesson for me was just like that. It's just really important to get together. And to figure out how to do it. If we can't do it in large groups, figure out what the right way to do it is and keep on experimenting until we get it down. You know, I feel like there's going to be like venues might just really pivot in what they are for the next few years, you know, and large, long shows might not be what we can do. It's like maybe it's like, you know, smaller, shorter shows and just that's probably okay. We could get used to that. And for a while, it's like, I think that being flexible with how we approach that is really important. And musically, it's just like, I feel like the, a lot of what I got was just musicians just kind of like this. We're doing it. We're playing. <laughs> oh my God. Wow. You reacted to them to me. Oh my God. You know, and we're all masked up and it's like, oh, that's weird. You know? <laughs> so for everybody who can't see Matt's face right now, <laughs> his eyes were really big. And it was kind of like this look of shock and disbelief that this is yeah, happening. Yeah, it was like the holy and... crap emoji. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's really what it, you know, that's really what it is. And relief and like excitement and all of the feels that, yeah. Yeah. that come with coming yeah. together and actually creating and experiencing music. Yeah. This has been a common thread, I feel like, in our podcast is every musician who we've had as a guest is like, we need to be creative and find ways to have the music happen in a safe and responsible way. That's what everyone yeah. said, because it's like, whether you are the one that is performing or you're the fan, it's our medicine. And without it, we will get sick and die. Like, it's it's just as important yeah. as food and water and like all that nourishment. Yeah. We yeah. need it. So it's, you have to get creative. And in times like this, that's when people get really innovative, um, like you have been, and amazing, beautiful things come from times like this. Yep. And, you know... If we have to be virtual for a while again, we can do it. We can, we can, we can, we can make it through, you know, it's not without its hardships by any means, but we can do it. Yeah. And also I've heard from a lot of people that um, for whatever reason are unable to go see like before this all happened, they were unable to go see live music and now they're seeing more live <laughs> in quotes music right. than they have ever seen before. So that is something that we might want to think about keeping because it makes the live yeah. music experience more accessible to people. And they're like putting yep. on, on their TVs and they're setting the scene and they're getting dressed up and it's, they weren't able to like have that experience before. And now they are because it's coming to their living rooms, which I think is pretty cool. Yeah, it is cool. I think when there is a more organic and fluid way to experience a live show and interact with other people virtually, so you're not like on Zoom and watching something, but just somehow it just kind of like is easier, I think that will feel better. And I think it's already made strides, you know, but that's kind of an obvious thing that, uh, yeah, just bring it somehow. I don't know. Maybe the TV list starts to look different, you know, different. I don't know. But. What are some of the ways, because you mentioned that you did a call uh, last night where you had 150 uh -huh. people. And I think you've been doing things like breakout rooms and having people yeah. talk. So like how, because as you also mentioned, part of the, one of the elements of the Everyone Orchestra show was having the audience be part of the show, yep. which is a little different when you're, you know, creating clips of musicians. So how are you adding that in? To life well, right now virtually. Well, there's two things. Um, you know, for everyone orchestra, we part of the virtual concept. We it, not every time we did it, but it, it, we developed this over the time was that you know we I create the songs with the players and then we debut them at a show 
online and the band would be there virtually experiencing it a lot of them for the first time so they're having they they've maybe seen snippets but they haven't seen the whole thing and so we're having the experience of watching it at least together for the first time and then going from watching that to zoom and us talking about what that experience was like you know so that's the way that I brought some of the spontaneity into it and have us be together to kind of witness it. And I actually think I, I, I'd like to continue doing that. I think that's a fun aspect. There's just not that many surprises in that way in our lives right now. So having that element to be something to come together with is like, oh, good. We're connecting on this because we're going to experience it together for the first time. And we both put our heart and joy into it. So and uh, so in addition to Everyone Orchestra, my I call it my day job which is, is really not a day job at all because it's an extension of me in a lot of ways uh, and everyone orchestra. It's IGE Music and Art Immersions. And I'm kind of, I've helped produce a, a 10 day long music and art kind of mini festival in Venice, Italy, Barcelona, Spain, um, Lisbon, Portugal. And we have events that were canceled or moved to, you know, in Prague. We have, we're ready to do events in Budapest in, in, in Buenos Aires. And it's a really, it's a small community of musicians and what we call patrons or the people that are paying to be there. But it's like, you know, that's about a hundred people. And we go to these places and be for 10 days. And so it's a pretty well bonded group of, of, it's a very unique community, you know, um, every, there's a lot of mixing between the, the, the musicians and the community of people that are supporting us and making it happen financially. Um, and we're doing really good work as well as doing making music over there and meeting lots of uh, building international musical culture. But since COVID, the pivot for IGE was how can we keep the musicians employed and how can we keep the community connected in a way that's meaningful so when we are able to go back to work together, to travel, that there's a lot of the connections deeper and has more meaning and people want to do it basically, you know? And, and that was kind of like how it started. And now I feel like it's really important. Like, so we're, so we're doing virtual. So we, we created the virtual immersion project and basically uh, IGE is a nonprofit and we have a special fund, which we call the VIP, the virtual immersion project. And all the money that goes from that fund goes into we pay are the artists that have been a part of um, IGE in the past and and a handful of people that we were planning on do, working with in the future and probably maybe ever expanding if we continue to to grow this paying them to create these virtual videos together and then having a ver- and then then we have a community gathering once a month where we present these videos and so we'll have like five new videos will be created with Anders and Paul from Green Sky you know Scott Law Graham Lesh Elliot Peck Nikki Bloom the fruition camp alo camp like all these incredible people that are all a part of this and making and making really cool new music and also collaborating with musicians from portugal from spain and from italy on these virtual videos and we have these gatherings these community gatherings which are on zoom and on twitch and we present the audio and the video stuff on twitch so people can be on high quality stuff and and the Zoom is like, you know, it's between like 80 and 150 people. And we we do breakout rooms. So people get to go into a room of three or four people. And and up until now, it's all been ram- randomized. So you all of a sudden you're in a room with like Anders and, you know, Holly Bowling, you know, talking about your dog or something, you know. And we do about four of those during the thing, you know. So people are having some sort of like opportunity to – uh, collide with somebody that they wouldn't normally collide with because that's, you know, other than just like somebody commenting on something in social media, the collisions are not that meaningful in this, in this world, you know, in this virtual world. So that, I think honestly, that when I first did the breakout rooms, everybody was like, that was my favorite thing ever, you know? Mm-hmm. And so that's kind of grown to now we have rooms that people can, they can go hang out, you know, with different artists and different con- uh, ideas. And there's, 12 rooms open and people are kind of moving about between the rooms and, and there's this kind of organic, like a, a conference or something that's happening. It's kind of cool. And then we present the music and now we have people playing live on Zoom also. So last night, Keith Mosley from Cheese performed solo and it was just a beautiful Neil Young tune. And, and then Jacob Anderson and Megan Letts did a solo set, the two or did a set, those two. And, and then so we've raised, over sixty thousand dollars 
And we've done two rounds of payments to artists and to a bunch of our staff too that aren't doing any work and kind of extended, you know, road staff that for a lot of the bands and the musicians that are kind of our core people. And, uh, you know, I feel like it's opening up the possibilities to actually doing even more work to just to keep it, it what is, what has become. It's even more than just giving the musicians a little bit of money, which helps all of us musicians right now, is there's a mental health aspect to having deadlines and having having creative projects put in front of you that are challenging and that, that expose you to new things. And I feel like everybody, it's just kind of built this really, really important energy and has a special place in people's hearts. And I feel like you know, depending on how much longer this, this whole situation continues, probably, you know, we can grow it to even help more musicians and connect more people. And I think it's kind of like almost like a mental health initiative, to be honest, these community gatherings, like just, just to see everyone's face smiling. We're, we're not talking about work. We're talking about music. We're talking about good times. Everyone's having cheering where it's just like, it's a, it's a time to give each other kudos. And it's really been become a super positive thing in my life. That sounds really lovely. That's awesome. Yeah. You guys should join us sometime. Yeah, I want to really I was gonna ask, is this something that's open to people to be able to be a part of it? Yeah, you know, it is. Um it's it's like I I it's more I'm trying to grow it slowly and have it be like friends of friends coming in, not to be completely random. Uh I posted the event info for the first time publicly this last time. And two new people kind of came in and we're a couple degrees apart. Uh, and they loved it. And I think that, you know, they're, they, they get the vision. And I feel like as long as people can get that and it grows organic in that way, I think it, it can, it can definitely grow. There's, there's a magic number to what IGE does and it keeps everything kind of intimate, you know, but I think conceptually what this is about, the, the, the virtual immersion project, I think could grow to be much bigger and, and have a lot more people involved. It's just going to look a little bit different than, it's not just the people that traveled to our events. And absolutely, you guys come and participate, you know? I just basically, I just want to connect with the people that are going to be there so we have some sort of rapport. As, as much as, and we do. We already have that. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I am 100% in. <laughs> Me too, I mean, actually. I mean, uh, you almost came to Barcelona, right? Yeah, I think it was, yeah, I think it was Barcelona. Or was or- it, Lisbon. It was Lisbon. Yeah. I think it was Last Lisbon. Last year. I really oh, yeah. wanted to go to Lisbon. And actually, I had a dream that I was going to be in Prague. And then it's funny because I knew that it wasn't going to happen this year. So I don't know if there's any space open yep. for next year, but maybe my dream will really come true. Well, you know, what's interesting is that it's not publicly for sale just because, well, we've sold about eight rooms since June to just like close in friends of friends that are that, that are willing to you know, put their money down and kind of risk it because we were out of control of what the future holds in a lot of ways, you know? Yeah, it's so, I mean, everything that you do, Matt, is like uh, just so right up my alley and I love it so much, you know, from everyone orchestra and then to the In A Given IGE, it's like so, um, it just combines all of the elements of everything that I think is so important. It's like connection, music, travel, experiencing different cultures, being present in the moment where the magic is available to happen, like all of that. So I am just so appreciative of all the work that you do in the world and and to watch you and witness you like pivoting in this time and still, you know, saying, okay, what are these elements that are important and how can I bring this out in the way that I can right now and still, you know, uh, show this the importance of this work has been really lovely so nice. thank you yeah. you're welcome yeah. thanks for and saying you do that. such a great job of connecting like everybody feels a part of it. i mean that's what everyone orchestra is right everyone's part of the orchestra and you've somehow in this virtual space like created something that is having everyone be a part of what you are a part of and feeling that connection which is like even more important now than ever so thank you and you know, what's interesting is, well, thank you. Um, it's my 20th anniversary on New Year's Eve for, for everyone orchestra. So trying to think of what to do <laughs> to celebrate. Um, what gave you the idea? Like, what was the impetus for creating everyone orchestra? I know we really only have a few minutes before you have to go, but I'd love, it's, I'd um, love to hear that. It's, uh, 
you know, it's all good. It's really a combination of everything I've ever been a part of as a, I was a drummer mainly for many years and coming out of being in a band and being a drummer in a band, I was exploring all different aspects of being in the, in the having a creative career from, you know, Stomp or Blue Man, um, all the way to being a solo singer songwriter. And really everyone orchestra is, it's a solo singer songwriter project that's gone completely awry. And that's, that was my process of like, you know, doing a solo singer songwriter record and then, you know, and jamming with ALO basically, uh, ALO and a bunch of, you know, Northern California people uh, in those years and then experimenting with drum circles and, uh, open mics and community art projects and like what connecting, you know, bringing groups of people together and having really, uh, unique participatory experiences and, I didn't necessarily want to join a band again because I just was ready to have a family and be able to be the, the master of my own time a little bit. And being in a band, you just—it's really difficult. It's a lot to manage. I, I applaud all the bands that that work professionally and tour and keep it together and all support each other and being keeping their mental health up because it's really—it's difficult. It's it's a, it's a lot of work. You have to be. I think you have to be highly advanced emotionally and uh, physically to do that. You know, so there's part of it. I had, had an, I wanted to still play with all my friends. So I wanted to create something where I could invite them to. Uh, and so, and I used to, I used to coach tennis. And when you run drills, sometimes you're working with kids that are all different levels and stuff, but somehow if you get into the good mode, it's kind of like a great music jam. You just kind of, everybody is kind of like engaged. They're moving, they're having success, they're having failures, but they're learning from it. And there's just like a zone where you're in, where as a coach, you're completely connected to everybody. And that's a whole other aspect. But I, I often feel that role when I'm conducting an everyone orchestra. And so all those things together is kind of where EO was born, you know, and it's kind of, it's, it's ebbed and flowed over the years and kind of become, uh, been different things. I didn't conduct for the first four years of it. I just played drums and put it together. And then I had an epiphany and tried it once. And Mark Brownstein, you know, he just was like, dude, you're the conductor, you know, and he really just like, he, he was so blunt and just in his, in his own unique kind of way of, kind of showing up for people. He's so special like that. So that's kind of where it came from. And it's definitely, it's, it, I feel like in the past few years, I'm just more and more intrigued with the possibilities uh, of it and excited about doing it more in different ways. And, you know, my hope is to have a facility here in Portland where I can bring people to be, spend long weekends here and kind of do like EO music retreat and be able to sell just enough tickets to keep it intimate and be super special, but make uh, and then broadcast it and whatever else, but just have a place where EO can be celebrated and, and, and taught. I want to teach other people how to do it because it's really just an agreement. I definitely have my own way of doing it, but other people could do it and it'd be different and be cool. But so, yeah. That's <laughs> awesome. So where was the show 20 years ago on New Year's? Uh, at the San Geronimo Valley Cultural Center in San Geronimo, California, just west of Fairfax. And, uh, yeah, Steve Adams, Zach Gill, Mike Sugar from Jam Bay, uh, Greg Anton from Zero, and then a bunch of our close friends from the Valley, Ken and, and uh, Colleen Adams, and a whole bunch of other folks. I don't know if you probably know them around, but yeah, it was, it was a community thing. Definitely a community community thing. It was just, it was a jam for the ages of bringing everybody together. We and we had a rehearsal the night before before my appendix popped and. It was like the best, most fun rehearsal ever, you know? Like, so I feel like, yeah. So for the 20th anniversary, I've asked, I asked Zach Gill to help write a song because it's only appropriate that he helps write that 20th anniversary song because he basically facilitated that first, that first night. So actually we've got this amazing tune that trying to decide exactly how to do it. But I thought, I, I thought about trying to get like hundreds of people to play on it and have all these different versions of it and make this kind of unique everywhere extra sound collage. And I'm not sure what we're going to do with it yet, but that's kind of, that's the next on the docket here for the virtual world. Yeah. So I'm so excited to like see what happens. Yeah. <laughs> <Me too> <laughs> yeah. And so just to clarify, you literally were not at that show because your appendix burst. <laughs> that must yeah. have been a My good rehearsal burst. that it like made your appendix explode. 
Well, my appendix didn't explode until right near midnight, actually, on New Year's Eve, that night of the EO show. And I'm lucky to be alive. I've always thought, you know, because I went septic after that and I was in the hospital for like six days. And oh, my God, you know, it was crazy. And then I I got re-hospitalized a few months later because I had an infection. And it's all been bonus since then, basically, in some ways, because Western medicine definitely saved my ass. And there was something about that show it just felt like it was kind of my my giving birth in a way. That's that's kind of how. And Julie always said that this is your birth because she had a really hard second birth and uh, or excuse me, a really hard first birth. And this was my like this is like <laughs> my sore belly moment. Yeah, it's amazing. It's a dream come true. Yeah. Well, I'm so glad that you're still here creating music and connection and magic everywhere you go. Thank you so much. Yeah, and thanks for being open to the. You know, the fluidity of it all. Okay, I'm going to start on drums and I'm going to open up to being the conductor. And I love how, and I feel like this is why human connection is so important because we we learn through relationships, we heal through the relationships. And like, if Mark hadn't been like, you're the conductor and really been like so straight with that, you know, everyone orchestra as we know it may not be as we know it so it's you know those 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 moments you know it's just those moments i mean i was definitely like having an epiphany he saw it and he just helped label it and helped push yeah. me give me support you know right and we so often need somebody else to like really put it into perspective for us and to just give us that little push that we need that if we were stuck in our own head you know going over and over it we might be scared and timid and we might have we might not have the confidence to be able to do it but to have somebody else to articulate it and to see it for us too it gives us that like courage to say okay maybe i can do this this is right. different and this may feel weird but yeah i'm going to do it for sure yeah. absolutely necessary yeah well matt any last thought i think i've shared all my thoughts i feel like i talked a lot i hope uh <laughs> I didn't talk too much. You didn't. All your words were really insightful and valuable. And I know all of our listeners out there are absorbing every single word that you shared. So thank you for all of them. Awesome. Oh, cool. You bet. Thank you, guys. I appreciate what you guys both bring to the world, too. All right, everyone. We'll be right back. Ciao. Hey, everyone. Welcome back. Wow. I just feel so inspired by that talk with Matt. He's just such an amazing human. And like I said at the beginning of that, we get to share a little bit of his magic with the world during this podcast. And that really happened. Yeah, absolutely. It left me with like such a good feeling in my heart, as so many of these interviews do. It's like so awesome to have this opportunity. But yeah, with Matt, it felt it felt like focused and so deep and rich at the same time. Yeah, I feel like during these times, it's so easy to fall down the like hole of despair because we don't know like things are kind of shutting down again. And we're like, when are we going to get that like in-person live music experience again? And after talking with Matt, it's just like, this is what we have to do for now. And let's get really creative so things can happen. And like he said, he's like, if I have to wear a hazmat suit so I can play music with people, I'm going to do that. And so it really just gives you like hope. It also like kind of lights up that creative, innovative part of your brain to be like, if music is something that's really important to you, whether you're a player or a fan, you like, let's like make it happen in a safe and responsible way. And so I'm like, this conversation really sparked that in me. Yeah, yeah, so true. It does give that hope that and and it also just like, solidifies the fact that this is so important. And that there's no way that it's ever going to go away. And so we don't need to worry about that. We just really need to focus on how can we make the most of it out of this time and continue with those connections that are so important. And to know that, you know, one day we're going to get back to it as it was. And in the meantime, it is going to be different because certainly wearing a hazmat suit is not something that I have ever considered doing when going to see live music. So it's different. Yeah. Hey, and if we have to wear hazmat suits, I'm going to make mine sparkly. That's right. (laughs) Just like all the masks that I have to wear. Like, 
I make my mask really fun and sparkly. So if, if hazmat suits are next, I'm going to like <laughs> make that my own too. <laughs> yes, I'm seeing lines of, of different sparkly hazmat suits that people can p- purchase to go to shows. <laughs> So let's talk a, a little bit about the the human connection because I feel like that came up a lot in this interview and I wanted to bring it in for my section of Did you know? So as I mentioned before, what I've noticed or what I found in my research with people on live music is that live music connects people deeply to themselves but also to other people. And that is so important in living a happy and healthy life. And there have been multiple studies that have shown that satisfying relationships with other people have really positive health results, including that they are happier, they have fewer health problems, and they live longer. So it increases our life expectancy when we have satisfying relationships. Conversely, a relative lack of social ties is associated with depression and later life cognitive decline, as well as increased mortality. So it is so important that we have healthy and satisfying relationships in our life. And especially right now when we, you know, might be a little more removed from the people that we love. However, we can reach out to those people and continue with those connections is going to be so important. It's not okay to just say, well, I can't do that because I can't see them in person right now. Like We have to actually put forth the effort and and know that this is really important. So how can you get creative in doing that? I don't know. But I just wanted to bring you the research to show that it is important. But Tara Lee, Perfect. maybe you have a <laughs> you have an idea for that. Yes. So for my section, Daily Jam. I have an idea and something that you can put into practice to cultivate connection with those people in your life so you don't experience some of those problems that happen when you don't connect. And so my daily jam is that I want you to find a friend that you haven't connected with in a while, or maybe it's even someone you don't know very well, but you had a moment with at a show. And I want you to call them up text them, Facebook message them, drop into their DMs on Instagram, however you're able to connect with them and ask if it's possible to spend some time together reminiscing about that show that you spent together. And that will create some connection for you. And even just like Leah has shared in past episodes, reminiscing and talking about shows brings those feelings um, and releasing of the hormones and all the things into your brain just by talking about it. So you'll get connection and also you'll get those good feel-good shows by reminiscing about the show. So that is how I'm going to ask you to connect and you can share what happened when you connected and who you're going to connect with in our Facebook community. It is the Groove Therapy podcast community on Facebook, and we would love to hear all about it there. Yeah. And maybe you even send this episode to them and say, hey, I got this great idea from Tara Lee, and this is what I'd like for us to do. So you share the episode with them, and maybe they might find it interesting too. And uh, then if you like you know, like the episode on iTunes or subscribe on um, Spotify or wherever you listen to your podcast, then that helps other people to find it too. So we can keep spreading the love and sharing it everywhere. Yes. And if you want to connect with other podcasts that are on the Osiris Network, which is where we are, you can check out Osiris Pod and there is a ton of them and you could connect with all of them too. Yeah, so definitely check out OsirisPod.com. And Tara Lee, do you have anything that you'd like to let the listeners know about what you are up to professionally? Yes. So I'm super excited because I have a new course that's coming out called The Microdosing Magic Mind. It's starting on November 30th. And it is for those who are curious about microdosing with psilocybin. And yeah, so... 
with this course, it will give you the protocols and all the things that you need to know to be able to do it. But we also, the thing that makes us different is we are combining also life coaching within there. So you can take the impacts and the powerful changes that happen to you while microdosing and incorporate them into your everyday life forever. So you can have the longest lasting um, effects um, of microdosing happen in your life forever because it's such powerful and amazing medicine. Awesome. And so with this course, I have a disclaimer, and that is psilocybin is a largely illegal substance, and we do not encourage or condone its use where it is against the law. However, we accept that illegal drug use occurs and believe that offering responsible harm reduction information is imperative to keeping people safe. For that reason, we are here to ensure the safety of those who decide to use psilocybin. So I hope that if... Microdosing is something that you've always wanted to do. You can check it out. Um, you can follow me on Instagram, and I share all about it all the time. And I've made some really fun videos um, that talk all about it. And that is at Rocking Life with two underscores after. Um, and also, I have some scholarships available, and you can find out about them on Instagram as well. Awesome. So follow you on Instagram. Any other places people can find you? Yes, it's also on my website, rockinglife.com. Um, it'll be under the experiences tab if you want to check it out there. And so Leah, what about you? What do you got going on? Well, nothing exactly that, that people can participate in quite yet. I am working with the members in the Shine Collective. So those are all live music fans that want to make a positive difference in the world. And we come together. It's a monthly subscription. And we focus on different topics on health and wellness that I help to kind of help people live the best life possible, but also supported through the group. Um, so we come together and talk about live music and really just help support each other and taking care of ourselves so that we can shine our lights out into the world. And also, I'm really hoping to get some embodied groove events going. I just realized that it was around this time last year that I was really working hard on that. And then they were all scheduled for March and they all got canceled. So I'm trying to figure out, just as everyone else is, how to do this in a safe way where we can come together. So stay tuned for that. And you can follow me at uh, Dr. Leah Taylor on Instagram. Also, Dr. Leah Taylor page on Facebook and Embodied Groove page on Facebook. You can also subscribe to my newsletter at embodiedgroove.com. And if you do that, you will be rewarded with a guided meditation when the lights go down, which will bring back all of those amazing, beautiful live music feels that you can experience wherever you are, because whatever we think in our mind, our body goes along for the ride. So close your eyes and go along for that ride with me. It's a lot of fun. Woo-woo. <laughs> Sign me up. Uh, all right, everybody. Well, thank you so much for listening. Definitely be sure to share this podcast with somebody if you are enjoying it. Leave us a review on iTunes. Subscribe and check out all of the other podcasts on Pod. Dot com. We are a part of the Osiris Podcast Network, and we are so grateful to be there, and we're grateful that you are here with us, and we'll catch you next time. Love you so much. Bye. Bye. Bye.